Today, the FDA is slated to make a decision on a nasal spray version of nalmaphene, an opioid overdose reversal drug. I'll be watching and reporting on how this decision could impact the Biden administration's response to the opioid crisis that killed nearly 80,000 people last year. Most of these deaths were related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. The Biden administration plans to target homelessness in California and five cities, Chicago, Dallas, Los Angeles, Phoenix, and Seattle. The goal is to reduce the number of unsheltered individuals nationwide by 25% by the year 2025. The Department of Health and Human Services is among the agencies involved, and it will help communities leverage programs like Medicaid to provide supportive services and behavioral health care. And tomorrow, the House Oversight Committee will hold its first hearing on the role of pharmacy benefit managers in prescription drug costs. This is the latest of several hearings held by lawmakers across parties and chambers scrutinizing the so-called pharmacy middlemen. On Wednesday, the Reagan Udall Foundation will have its annual meeting with its board of directors, in which members of the nonprofit created by Congress to assist the FDA will discuss priorities for the next year with top agency officials. And if Congress and President Biden can't reach a deal this month, a debt limit breach would cause major disruptions in healthcare. Kelly Hooper is here to explain. Hey, Catherine, happy to be here. You've been reporting on what happens if we reach the debt ceiling limit. What would the ramifications be for federal healthcare programs broadly? Yeah, so I've spoken to a lot of health policy experts about this this week, and the consensus is if there is a breach of the debt limit, even a short-term one, but especially a long-term one, it could have some pretty big ramifications for the healthcare system, especially in areas where funding comes from the federal government. So if Washington fails to take action in raising the debt limit in the coming weeks, there's a lot of funding at risk for Medicare, Medicaid, the VA, states' opioid crisis response programs. The Bipartisan Policy Center estimated that there's about $49 billion in Medicare payments, to providers and $22 billion in Medicaid payments to states due by June 9th that's at risk if the debt limit isn't raised before then. So one expert I spoke to said this is essentially comparable to dropping a nuclear bomb on the healthcare systems. The ramifications are pretty big, especially for Medicare and Medicaid, because providers do rely so heavily on funding from the federal government. So it could in turn affect the patients that they're able to see. That's kind of like an overall look at how severe it could be if there is a breach of the debt limit. But basically what this means is that the federal government can't pay into various programs, right? And then they wouldn't be able to continue paying the private partners they work with, right? Yeah. So basically, if they don't come to a debt ceiling deal and raise the debt limit by June 1st, the Treasury Secretary has said that the Treasury won't be able to pay, meet its obligations and provide funding for these programs such as Medicare, Medicaid. It'll be delayed until they have cash again and they can pay them. And then also, is there a world in which Biden and the federal government could say, okay, we hit this limit, we're going to pay some programs, including our federal health care programs, but we're not going to pay defense programs, for example? 
So that seems to be the big question that all the policy experts are trying to figure out because the U.S. has never defaulted on debt before. This is kind of like an unprecedented situation. So nobody really knows exactly how prioritization would work. But most of the people I spoke to think that just because of the way the Treasury's cash management system is set up, the Biden administration won't be able to set priorities for the payments it makes. One expert I I spoke to says their system is designed to pay bills promptly not to slow them down. And there are no levers in place right now for the department to say we're going to, you know, continue to fund Medicare, but not fund the VA. It's just set up to once it has revenue to make its payments. So there's no levers in place right now for them to prioritize different things. But again, it's never happened before. So no one is exactly sure whether they could prioritize certain things over another. Understandably, then, healthcare programs are bracing for the worst. And I'm wondering if you can walk us through a few scenarios. What would happen, for example, to Medicare and Medicaid and maybe the Affordable Care Act, patients who have that as insurance? What would happen to those beneficiaries? For Medicare and Medicaid, the revenue flow is pretty vast for hospitals, for those programs and for providers who partake in those programs. So missing out on those payments, even for a short time, you know, they run on such tight margins that it would make it really hard for them to meet their bottom lines and meet their obligations. And then also something else I was hearing from these experts was that right now, a lot of providers aren't thrilled with the Medicare and Medicaid programs. There's a lot of administrative burdens and low reimbursement rates. So they're frustrated with that. So It could potentially make them reluctant to even see Medicare and Medicaid patients if they're sort of like another nail in the coffin. They're not receiving federal funding. And then also because Medicare patients typically make up such a large portion of the hospital population, losing that revenue source might even keep them from keeping their doors open. You know, if it is sort of a prolonged breach that goes for more than a few weeks or it could keep them from paying their employees. And then for Medicaid, it is a little different for Medicaid because it's funded through federal funds and then also state funds. From what I heard from the experts, they said that it could really vary state by state. It's going to depend on sort of state reaction to debt limit breach. So some states might have the capacity to continue paying providers or managed care organizations for a period of time. Other states might not be able to do that. It just really depends on how much cash flow they have and whether they will keep a Medicaid funded. And then pivoting a little bit to the Affordable Care Act, insurance companies that participate in Medicare Advantage, the Affordable Care Act, Medicaid, managed care plans, a lot of them do have reserves they can dip into to keep paying claims if the government funding stops. From what I heard from experts, they said the effect on those insurance companies might not be so immediate and they're likely going to be able to continue paying claims at least for a few months. But the biggest impact on ACA would be on people getting their insurance through the ACA marketplace. They would probably see their premiums go up if the Treasury can no longer fund subsidies for those premiums. So that's sort of where the biggest impact on the ACA would be. What about programs that span over a number of different HHS agencies, like the federal government's response to the opioid crisis? There's a lot of federal programs, like ones run through the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration and the Public Health Service that provide funding to states for their opioid overdose prevention initiatives. So they would likely see their funding run out pretty quickly if the Treasury runs out of cash. But again, that's something that's similar to Medicaid, where the actual impact would probably depend on states' reactions to a federal default. Depending on each state's cash flow, they might be able to continue carrying on those programs. 
programs for some period of time while they don't have those federal funds. It's kind of a state by state thing. To follow, you know, what about non-HHS programs like the Department of Veterans Affairs? Funding comes directly from the federal government for the VA. So what I heard from these policy experts was that one of the biggest impacts on the VA of a sustained debt limit breach would be on the department's ability to keep its staff. These doctors and nurses and custodians who work at VA facilities, VA hospitals or clinics, they might not be receiving paychecks because the department's not going to be getting the funding to pay those paychecks. In turn, if they don't have staff, then veterans might not be able to have access to the care that they need. So that'll sort of be the biggest impact of a debt limit breach on the VA is just not having enough staffing and then veterans potentially not being able to have access to care. Well, a lot of uncertainty up in the air. Thank you for your reporting on it, Kelly. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 